Okay, I'm just starting recording, and we can just oh. <laughs> jump right in. Okay, okay, okay. We're in it, we're in it, we're at last. Because I don't want you to stop. <laughs> at last, we have figured out how to use our computers. <laughs> so hard. Wow. You guys, whoever's listening to this, if you're ever thinking of making a podcast, this shit is harder than I thought it was. Let's just... <laughs> I just so many people do it that I just feel like in my mind I'm like the tech seems really straightforward because everyone's doing it and that's a huge ass lie Mm -hmm. it's honestly a huge headache but it's okay we're here we're alive hello welcome to the great obsession podcast we're your hosts I'm Mm -hmm. Riley and I'm Sam yes these are our voices memorize them just kidding (laughs) Uh, today we are picking where we picking up where we left off excuse mm-hmm. me, on our last episode, which I believe we ended with the uh, bejeweled music video. Yes, right? yes, I believe so. So that cool. covers out uh, through track nine of Taylor Swift's latest album, Midnights, which brings us to track ten which is Labyrinth, and I'm dying to know what you think about this song. What were your first impressions? Jeez. Oh, um, honestly, this is a track that when I was doing my first listen, I totally zoned out. Like, I processed nothing. I took mm-hmm. in nothing. I was so overwhelmed by everything that had happened up to this point. And honestly, maybe it'll grow on me, but it continues to underwhelm me. I actually find myself skipping it quite a bit. However, I do listen to it sometimes, and I really, really like the part where she goes, oh, oh, I'm falling in love, like that part over and over again, mm-hmm. um, is really nice. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of weird production stuff going on, like there's, <laughs> I saw a TikTok where someone was like, this was Taylor recording Labyrinth, and they're playing like the the track and they start singing and then their cat comes and steps on the keyboard like <laughs> and they're like this is what happened because there's just these random like little sounds in the background that sounds literally like a cat stepped on the keyboard and I just it's a choice I don't know how I feel about it okay but I'm not the biggest fan I don't know what do you think of this song are you a stan so interestingly enough a lot of your like feedback was very similar to Jack's feedback because this is his least Mm -hmm. when he did the listen of only the original 13 this was his least favorite song and on my first listen this was in my top five and I continue to stand and I immediately like you know you get on Twitter or whatever and you're like what's everyone else saying and I was like okay objectively everyone hates this song except for me which was so interesting because they were all like everybody's all about maroon and I am all about um labyrinth, which is hilarious. I I think I think there's something about the sound that it's interesting because the lyrics are not anything earth shattering. It's like actually a fairly repetitive song lyrically. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the way it sounds, and I think it's all those weird noises that really transports me. I, like, really feel, Mm -hmm. like, 
I don't know. It's just like the, this music video is like a cotton candy colored sunset. And I'm like in a plane fly above, like high above the clouds kind of vibes. And I don't know. It just totally, I like swooned the first time I heard it. I love it. And I thought that it would wear off. Cause I was like, ah, you know, first listens are always like complicated. Um, yeah. And it, it really hasn't even the parts where she has that heavily auto tuned, um like overlay where it's like her voice doing this kind of thing yeah 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 yeah. which is bizarre and not something that I'm ever like wow love that sound but in this there's like something I don't even know how to describe it but this song just really takes me on a journey for some reason and I can't really explain why it's almost like psychedelic I think um and like the sound it just really it's just like really a unique vibe and I the first time I listened to it this was the first song on the album where I was like this really sounds to me like a love song like the other songs like have love and like they're very relationshipy blah 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 but this was the first one on the album the second one being sweet nothing but this was like the first one that I was like this is a love song and this is like a gentle like lullaby love song and I think I just really could picture myself or actually when I listened to the song I was laying in bed and I just really was transported to like a teenage version of myself like pining after like the start (laughs) of a crush you know like that kind of vibe yeah um okay so yeah, I I'm a labyrinth stand. Fight me for it. I get it. Everybody hates it. It's fine. Not everyone hates it. I've seen people on Twitter uh, talking about how it's like the the undiscovered supermodel yes. of the album. Thank you. And Thank you. I I I don't agree, but maybe <laughs> I will in a few months because you know sometimes stuff mm-hmm. sometimes certain songs like don't hit for me until like six months later. Agree. Happened agreed. with actually a lot of Evermore for me. So I don't know. I just I when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I'll put this on my sleep playlist because I have a playlist I fall asleep to every night, and it is a playlist that has helped me fall in love with a lot of slower music um like there's a lot of phoebe bridgers on there Mm -hmm. and so i thought it would go well on there but then it really doesn't it doesn't calm me for some reason like the the production is like too uncertain sounding and i think that's like what it is it's like part of it feels like somebody laying on their bed daydreaming but it's like like almost like an adrenaline daydream you know the kind that gets your heart racing just like Mm -hmm. thinking about it that's Mm -hmm. how it like feels to me because I would agree it kind of on an initial listen maybe has sort of a sleepy time quality but I wouldn't there's something about it that like makes me feel like I'm getting ready to like go on a run like it's not hyping me up it's just like an anticipation song yeah okay that's that's an interesting way of looking at it and i like that and i will say there's a couple good lyrics in here i really like where when she says you know how much i hate that everybody just expects me to bounce back (gasps) and the way she sings it too because she like elongates it and it just sounds so good anyways i'm a huge lover does 
does sound good. Well, I'm really happy for you because <laughs> I'm sure that Taylor loves this song and is proud of it. And mm-hmm. I don't like that I don't like it. So I'm glad that you are a Labyrinth stan. Thank you. Thank Maybe you. you'll convert me one day. I'll keep listening to it. Yes, yes. But please do. Moving on from Labyrinth, I do think there is a a huge star that we need to talk mm-hmm. about. That is the song Karma. How do you think about, feel about Karma? Um, so the first time I listened to Karma, I was a little like, first of all, complete bop. I was like, Mm -hmm. it's such a fun song to literally like bop your body to just like a gentle up and down thing. Like my classic, like white boy dance, you know, um, lyrically initially I was like, I don't know. Wasn't doing a ton for me. I think I enjoy it more and more with every listen, though. And I think the lyrics get fun. And, like, the part where she – first of all, okay, this is – I don't know if you want to know my, like, nitpick right now or if you would like to share your thoughts first. But I do have one line in this that drives me bonkers. And I don't know why she did it. I is it the cat line? No. Oh, no, the cat okay. line is okay. fine. She's a cat girl. Um it's whatever, but it's um when she tries to fit in, I'm like there it's not working, girl. This is not the rhythm. You can't just like stick in extra syllables that don't work. But when she tries, when she does karma t- takes all my friends to the summit and she like tries to fit summit in that last part of that line it does not work it doesn't flow oh, i so don't fun. know why she does that because everything else is so like but 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 like it just like punch punch fits on the beat so well and then she's like summit i'm like no that's so <laughs> awkward it's so cringe Kills the vibe. but then it leads into my favorite part of the song which is when she sings the guy on the screen coming straight home to me and she like sings it in such a great fab way so it's always like a cringe before i'm like yeah but it drives me bonkers absolutely bonkers karma takes up what does that even mean she's taking them to the summit is she is she a climbing girly i mean what is it what is it taylor what summit are you climbing i don't get it i just every time i listen to it i'm like she could have she could have come up with a different syllable or a different rhyme, because it doesn't rhyme at all. It just is like, no, it's just messy. And I just think that she's a genius and could have dedicated just a little bit more time to making that line flow. Anyways. Yeah, you know what? You're right. And you should say it. You're absolutely right. Because when I first heard that line, I was like, it kind of took me out of the song for a little bit. Like, exactly. Like, are we hiking Mount Timpanogos? Why (laughs) are we talking about the summit? Well, and at first, this is so stupid because, you know, in in The Man, when she talks about Saint-Tropez, so I had never heard that said out loud. Like, I didn't. So every time (laughs) I was like, what is, I've seen Saint-Tropez, like, spelled out, like, I've read it before, but I had never heard it out loud, and yeah. I was like, what is that? What does that mean? And it wasn't until I looked at the lyric that I was like, oh, shit. And so at first, I was like, maybe she's saying something like that, 
like it's and it's actually like a music festival or like an award something and something fancy and I just am not hearing it correctly and I was like no this bitch really is just saying summit it's like regular old summit like when since when is taylor a hiker that goes to summit well and like all of her other karma lines make a ton of sense for her you know and uh, like yeah. this idea of like it all makes sense karma is a breeze in my hair on the weekend that makes sense to me karma is a relaxing thought that makes sense to me karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me that makes sense to me karma takes my friends to the karma's not the summit Karma's taking your friends to the summit. And I don't know what it means. Yeah. The more you think about it, the less sense it makes. I do love this song. um, But I hate that line. What are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when I first listened to this song, I honestly didn't like it that much. Uh, I don't know why. I think it was just the lyrics are so on the nose. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, there's nothing yeah, yeah. really to be gleaned from this. It's just like, I would agree. Karma is cool. <laughs> and so I think after hearing some of the other songs, like Antihero, where there's just like so much to pull from those lyrics, or like mm-hmm. You're on Your Own Kid, where I was like analyzing this one, I was like, okay. Moving on. Anyway. Uh, it it kind of gave me I forgot that you existed vibes. Oh yeah, which, yeah, like, yeah. That's not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But as I have continued to listen to it, it has massively grown on me and shot up into my top five. I think I was just not in the right headspace on my first listen. Mm-hmm. I think that Karma is her boyfriend and that Karma is a god and that she should say it. What because. What like, a compliment, honestly, if she's like, karma is my boyfriend in this context. Like, that's so flattering to him. That's all I have to say. Yes, true. And also, I think the lyrics seemed on the nose to me in the beginning. Like, oh, there's nothing to analyze here. Mm-hmm. But there really is because karma has been a huge part of her life, I think. Uh, especially with, you know, the whole 2016 downfall and lead up to reputation i think she was probably in a place where her only way to comfort herself was like the karma is gonna come back around you know Mm -hmm. and and it sure enough it did every single person that has wronged her has had the karma come back to them every single one and i think a lot of that is that she's really good at uh what do you call it? She's really good at a diss track and she's really good with her words. So when Apple Music wrongs her and doesn't pay their artists enough and she puts out an open letter to Apple Music on Tumblr, it gets turned around real fast and Mm -hmm. they have to listen to her. So I just think that this song actually is really, really prevalent to like what her career is like. And it's a way to kind of address the a lot of the drama that's happened in the mm-hmm. last 10 years of her career without duress- addressing it directly. She's just kind of like, I'm enjoying the karma because to me, it's a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you it's not? And also that line flows so well. I love, aren't you envious that for you it's not? It's so good. I know. It like scratches an itch in my brain. That I think there's so many lines in this song that I just feel like they they just flow so well and the rhyme and the syllables are just so perfect that 
That's why I get so frustrated with the summit line. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But that is one line out of you're right, you're right. a whole great song. I, I just... concur. I concur. I love this song as a whole. Um, it is something that I like when it it's it's not necessarily it's a very specific mood because it is so mm-hmm. pe- like poppy and um high energy but when it's on it's like I'm bopping I'm bopping hard this was Jack's favorite song on the track in case you're wondering That's tea. um That's tea, I will one. say one line which I do love so we have to talk about the spider boy thing Yes, I was just going to bring that up. Because, um, first of all, because the line is Spider Boy, King of Thieves, weave your little webs of opacity. My penny's a major crown. Trick me once, trick me twice. Don't you know that cash ain't the only price? It's coming back around. And the second half of this, the my penny's major crown, trick me once, trick me twice, always felt very clear. Um like address to her like masters and like that controversy but the spider boy mm-hmm. why spider boy so i think it was you that sent me the tweet that said where someone was saying sb spider boy those initials those are the initials of both scott borchetta and scooter braun oh. so some people are thinking that's like a nod to the people that stole her masters because she follows it immediately with king of thieves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're thieves. They stole her life's work. Mm-hmm. So I don't weave your little webs of opacity. I mean, that's a fun line, but I don't really know what yeah. she's saying besides like, I guess they orchestrated a grand plan to get her masters from her. But And it's something that's happening. Like this issue with masters is something that's happening for artists across the board without people necessarily being, aware that that's that's happening um yeah that's true yeah i just uh, the first time i listened to this i racked my brain trying to think which of like the spider-man actors she like dated i was like toby mcguire no andrew garfield (laughs) no um and so i thought i thought that was a really interesting choice if it if it really is that is a choice like an allusion to Scooter Braun or Scott Bruchetta, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think that that's that's pretty deeply coded. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and I don't know if she was thinking that deep. I mean, she's definitely capable of it, but I don't yeah. know, or if she just thought the word Spider Boy was a fun word to refer to someone. It just seems it's insult. it just seems so. Like, there's, like, an inside joke there that we just don't know about. It could be. There could be something that we just don't know about. It's, like, kind of the same thing as vigilante shit, where she's definitely referring to some specific things that happened, but it's stuff we don't know about. Mm -hmm. So it could be something like that. But either way, we do get a nice little nod to the whole drama with her masters. We did not get as much masters tea on this album as I thought we would. But, I mean, we got a lot of it on Folklore and Evermore, so... I Fair can't enough. be too mad, but I live for the master's tea because she just that was, comes out swinging every time. I mean, that's some of the most boss ass moves I've ever seen. Yeah, for real. And I think something that's gonna like really cement her in history for doing that. When it's like such, well, I think it's crazy because Red has been such a resounding success. Um, 
it just, yeah, it's pretty wild. But that does bring us to track 12, which is Sweet Nothing, which first listen, top three tracks of this album for me. Um, it has continued to be, it's, it's hard for me to like narrow down top three right now, but certainly top five. I've, I've had some shifting. Um, I absolutely love this song. And the more I listen to it, the more sweet it gets. And like those little lines where you're like, oh, like that's what she's referring to here and kind of digging a little bit deeper. And um, when she says that she's just too soft for it, I was like, so good. Oh, girl, same. There's just, yeah, there's so many lines in this that just make me go. And I think if I um, was getting married again, this would be a contender song for me to dance to. Yeah, I agree. I feel like tender is the perfect word to yeah. describe this song. It's so sweet. I feel like the this song perfectly encapsulates its name, Sweet Nothing. Like yes. It's a song full of sweet nothing. Yes, 100%. And it sounds like a sweet nothing um it's i will say the the target edition of this album has a piano version of this song (gasps) which i illegally downloaded the target tracks because they're not on spotify yet (laughs) so that i could listen to them and i love the piano version i listen to it way more than i do the the real one it's just so much more intimate sounding i'll have to send you the downloads to see what you think of it because it just stripped down. You hear a lot of emotion just in the piano mm-hmm. playing. Uh, and then I don't know if she's using a different voice. Like if she recorded the track twice mm-hmm. and if it's two different ones. But in the version on the album, on the main album, um, she comes in, I spy with my little tired eye. And there's kind of like a, I don't know what you call it, like a fuzzy affect on her voice that like kind of makes it really echoey and soft sounding Mm. and in the piano version that is all taken off so it's just her pure voice and it's just so sweet I love it so much I love this song I've seen people hate on it on Twitter and say that it's a skip and I just so strongly disagree I think it's beautiful I've seen lots of people on Twitter who are skips so yeah there we go (laughs) I just the the rhyming in the chorus they say the end is coming everyone's up to something Something. i find myself running home to your sweet nothings like the rhyming is so satisfying yeah and on the way home i wrote a poem you say what a mind this happens all the time come on that's so cute i know i know there's just like so much about this that just sounds it's just so it's just so sweet So did you know they wrote this together? Yes. Yes. Which I'm obsessed with because I do, like, obviously when you listen to it and she's singing it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Taylor Swift singing about Joe. But if you think about them writing it together and this is just a song about their relationship with each other, that means that there's, like, part of this song is – like he feels this way too, that there's all this outside like pressure and commentary and so much 
saying stuff and like putting their opinion on their relationship but then when they're just together it's like the noise goes away and it's like muted because they're safe with each other and I think that that's really it like adds a whole nother layer to know that he played a role in writing it yeah I just have this song gives me a very strong image of like them just sitting together at a piano in a cozy house where it's quiet and just saying these things to each other and playing and also the end with the echo there's an echo part in the last chorus they said the end is come they said the end is come everyone's up to everyone's up to something and i can see them like singing that together and it's just so i'm obsessed with it and it's so satisfying to listen to that part also the echo is so well done I love it. I, first of all, I never noticed that. Um, well, I mean, I noticed that there was an echo, but I never put together the idea of them like echoing it to each other. I love that. But I, before we move on to the next song, I just have to say, I'm obsessed with the last line of this song is all that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. Because, I mean, over the course of the whole song, she's talking about him giving her sweet nothings and, and like in the very romantic sense of like, Oh, sweet, nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like in this last line, she like twists it in a very potent way of like, like he doesn't need anything from her. He doesn't want anything from her. They just are there. They're just existing together and that's enough. Which is so sweet in the context of just following her whole career and seeing mm-hmm. all these different relationships she's been through and hearing what she's had to say about those in other songs, as opposed to this where he just, all he wants from her is the sweet nothings. It's so sweet. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this song. Ten. Uh, and everyone who says that it sucks on Twitter can shove it. I would concur. Um, I just lost my track. So, you're good. I've got it. So, the final track on this album is one that I've seen a lot of mixed reviews for, which is interesting because when I first heard this song, it was top two. Like, in my first listen, this was top two. It blew my mind. I felt like I had ascended listening to that in the back. Oh, it just... Oh, it really brought me into another dimension. I don't know. What do you think of this song? Um, yes, I absolutely love this song. Um, the song we're discussing also is Mastermind, in case we didn't say that. Oh, yeah, I might have forgotten to say um, that. No, I love this song. The more I listen to it, the more I like it, the more I like the lyrics. And it's it's an interesting song. Because I think it really meets me wherever my, like, vibe is. Like, if I want it, like, it, like, works as a slow song, but also an upbeat song at the same time. Um, yes. It, like, transcends a lot of my, like, playlists in the sense that I have it on multiple playlists that I wouldn't normally associate similar sounds. Um, yeah. I think... That there's also, lyrically, I feel like I really relate to this one. And I think we all do, to some extent, of, like, like you're just trying. Like, there's just so many things that we pretend are organic and they're not. 
and you're like, yeah, I, I did set that up. I, I intentionally posted that thing on Instagram to make you comment because I knew it's an interest of yours so that I could like strike up conversation, you know? Um, that's why totally. that's what I did at least. Yeah. And so no, I know totally. I mean, yeah, listen, I, I listened to this artist on Spotify just so I could talk to you about them. Cause I knew you liked them. Yeah. And I think that that's really, um, I don't know. There's something about that that I really enjoy. Um, And I also am obsessed with the part where she, like, owns up to it and he just knew the whole time kind of thing. Yes. I'm like, oh. Oh, So good. And it just is, you knew the entire time that I'm a mastermind and now you now you're mine yeah all you did was smile because I'm a mastermind I just I love that for the two of them I know I love that so much I agree I I love that the the premise of the song is like that she's a mastermind and she orchestrated it all but also the first verse says once upon a time the planets and the fates and all the stars aligned you and I ended up in the same room at the same time so she's acknowledging that fate has something to do with it and I love this song in the context of her discography because in songs like Invisible String she talks about how fate brought them together and it was all destiny Mm -hmm. and and so she's kind of contradicting herself here but I think it's so interesting like she's really adding to the narrative of how their relationship came to be and acknowledging Mm -hmm. that both fate and her own um, little orchestration tactics Mm -hmm. brought it all together. And I'm just obsessed with that because I feel like that is part of life. Yes. (laughs) That it's complicated and some things are just fate and some things you work really hard for. Yeah. And some things are a little bit of both. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just think that there's a lot of really clever lines in this and, it's like a sneaky song in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I also think there's a lot of moments on this album where one single line, like just her vocal delivery or the way she says it really like scratches an itch in my brain, just like satisfies me so much. And in this song, it's the dominoes cascaded in a line, like the way it just goes up like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so satisfying. Like, because it's she's singing really low and then it's building up and then she gets to that part and then she comes back down what if I told you I'm a mastermind it's so satisfying to listen to and that was the point on my first listen where I was like I have ascended (laughs) I'm in a new dimension I'm a new person (laughs) I I don't think it's top two for me anymore but it's definitely top five yeah I I would agree. I would agree. I'm going to say it's top five and I'm going to say it like 20 times. And people are going to be like, that's more than five songs. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I think this is also a really interesting song. Kind of like, like you were saying with her discography thus far, having so much to do with like fate and destiny, but also like fairy tales. This is a very interesting, Mm. this album as a whole has a lot of really interesting twists on like a fairy tale narrative. Um, And I think especially the part where she, let's see if I can find it. Um, When she says, you see all the wisest women had to do it this way because we were born to be the pawn in every lover's game. 
I think that this especially like really speaks to that fairy tale narrative of like damsel in distress waiting for the guy to come to you and like wanting to project that that's who you are but behind the scenes you're like a puppet master situation and I think it's really interesting to think about her thinking about how you try to get a guy without looking like you're trying to get a guy because it's it's like Mm-hmm. There's this stigma against women who pursue relationships or pursue romantic entanglements, so to speak. And I think that this line really speaks to that of to combat that like narrative of women pursuing men is bad. We just do it behind the scenes, really sneaky. And I really like that because I think it's very genuine. I, I think that there's a lot of problematic societal things for why women do that but I I think that this lyric really spoke to that um in a way that's set apart from the rest of the song yeah yeah definitely I think it's a really new kind of perspective that we don't hear in a lot of songs Mm -hmm. because especially in her discography there's a lot of damsel in distress moments like you said so she's really taking on a new narrative here. And when I when I saw the track title Mastermind, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be something good. This is going to be interesting." I'm really, and I can't say this is what I was expecting, but I love it. It's perfect. I'm really hoping for a Mastermind music video. I don't think we're going to get one. Um I just think no. there's a lot of visuals that would be really fun. Yeah, I agree. The like the dominoes. Like if she just like wears the aesthetic of um like Anya Taylor Joy from Queen's Gambit, and that's like, oh my gosh, she's like on a chessboard or something. I don't know. Taylor, call me. I have ideas. <laughs> she needs to hire you. But that is the that's the final song of the original thirteen album. Um, yes. Which it's interesting to me that that is the last song of the original set. I think that, I think her song her place her order of songs is always very intentional and i think it's intentional Mm -hmm. to have that one as the last one but uh that does bring us to our 3 a.m tracks um it sure does which there's lots to there's the 3 a.m tracks were very interesting to me very intriguing so overall 3 3 a.m edition what are your impressions so I think that the songs that really like hit like the most flashy, lyrically spiky songs are in the original 13 songs of the album. And so I think it's very clear why she set up the track list the way that she did. Mm-hmm. But I think we this little addition of how many songs is it? Six or seven extra I think songs? It's seven. Yeah, it's seven. Um, yeah, it's seven is so interesting because I feel like it gives us some insight into her creative process making this album Mm -hmm. uh, and where she was going. And I think the, these tracks in themselves kind of have their own little arc, I guess. Like Mm -hmm. every track is something very different and does something very different. Yeah. And I love that about it. I will say on first listen, (laughs) I, I, it was 2am for me here when I checked because I knew she was doing the 3am surprise and I saw all the new songs and obviously I was like I can't I can't resist I have to listen 
but my brain was full. Like I was at full capacity. I could not take on any more information at this time. And so I listened to all six of these songs, like the first, that first night, and I processed nothing. The only single thought I had was listening to what have, could have, should have. I was like, oh damn, this is about John Mayer. But everything, everything else went straight over my head. And so I've had to spend some time with these ones, like really mm-hmm. listening, trying to figure them out. So yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts about these extra songs? Yeah, so I did not stay up to listen to their release i listened to the (laughs) to the midnight drop and i was like sick and then i went to bed um and so i listened to them the next morning when i woke up to your like non-readable like (laughs) drunk morning text being like there's three more songs i was like um you forgot about that it was so hard to read i was like i don't know what she's trying to convey to me Thankfully, Twitter is more reliable than you are at conveying information. So I did listen to them first thing in the morning. Um, First listen through, I would agree, I think that the best songs are on the um, original 13. I think that you're right, that there is a clear distinction between the first 13 and then these bonus seven songs. I think that there is, when I listened through, I was like, there is an element here where these songs sound a little bit like an afterthought of, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I'm, I'm narrowing the list down. These are the ones that get cut, so to speak. Like they're still good, but not on the same tier as the first 13. There were some standouts for me. um, But that being said, there are some big skips. There are some songs I literally will have this album on shuffle and I'll start to hear a song and I'll be like, have I ever heard this before? And it <laughs> happens to me every single time I listen to track 14, The Great War. Um, can't remember this song for the life of me. Couldn't tell you the melody. I've listened to it a decent amount, like this whole album. And there's just something about this song that just like is a gap in my brain it leaves no impressions whatsoever except for the fact that she makes a lot of allusions to world war one which i think is a choice but um yeah that's all i've got on the great war yeah i'm gonna be honest i feel very similarly up until maybe like three days ago i had no thoughts on this song like i would all like you said constantly forget it i think it's just for some reason very forgettable Mm -hmm. in the context of the rest of the album and none of the lyrics are really punchy or catch my attention besides like random allusions to war. And I also can't tell what on earth she might be referencing other than like a big fight in her relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And so I've seen some people have theories, but none of them make sense to me. Well, and it's so... really interesting because I actually haven't sat down and like really read through these lyrics per se. But this is, like, a very violent song. Like, there's nothing about it that's not, like, war, war, war. Like, every verse is so clearly war, which I think is really interesting. It just, like, doesn't – it's, like, kind of a dark song. But it doesn't sound particularly dark. No, it doesn't. Somebody on Twitter said that this sounds like an Evermore reject, and I agree. Mm. It's kind of like 
long story short energy, but worse than long story short. Yeah, it fits really well in that like narrative or not narrative, but like within those sets of songs, it makes a lot more sense. And I think it it would fit a lot better there because it doesn't fit particularly well in this album. No. And so I really barely listen to this yeah. one. I, I won't say it's a skip because there are other ones in this 3AM edition that I skip way more. I do listen to it. And uh, I started to be able to remember the words and the melody about three days ago. was when I was like, okay, like, yeah, I I can listen to this song. Okay. And there's some Just like a slow burner. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting, like, Diesel is desire, you were playing with fire. Like, that lyric in particular sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the chorus, like, kind of has a nice groove where mm-hmm. she's, uh-huh, the close my hand. It's a very upbeat song. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like it's upbeat. The lyrics don't match the beat or the vocal delivery. Like the emotion in her voice does not seem to match what it's talking about at all. I think maybe that's why it doesn't hit for me. Like mm-hmm. there, there's no emotional there's impact of this song for me. It's just a lot of war lyrics. Mm-hmm. And who the fuck knows what she's like? Did she have a big fight with Joe and like almost break up with him? Big that's fight. the only thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, what on earth? But Yeah, I don't have a lot of thoughts about this song. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those ones she, like, never acknowledges and never plays because nobody says it's their favorite. Like, nobody is out there standing this song. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, but that brings us to number 15, Bigger Than the Whole Sky. So the first time I listened to this song, which, like I said, was in the morning, my brain was more or less firing. Um, mm-hmm. This song made me like really emotional because I the first listen I was like, oh dang, this is seems really clear to me that this is a song about a miscarriage, um, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. But what were what were your thoughts? Yeah, I I honestly like did not process these lyrics for a while, and I think until you pointed out to me that you thought this song was about a miscarriage, and then I I listened and was like, oh, this is very obviously about that, or at least it seems to be. Mm -hmm. Just so many lyrics point to that. But it's interesting because uh, some other Swifties that I follow on Twitter, I posted their reactions, and a lot of them had different thoughts. Like, some people thought that she was referring to losing her old self in a relationship, and like, saying goodbye to her old self, some people thought that it could just be about loss in general, which I think this song is, like, yes. in general, about grief and loss. But it just seems so specifically about a miscarriage. Just like the song Happiness on Evermore is, like, a sad song about moving on from a relationship, but seems to point very specifically toward divorce. Mm-hmm. I feel like this song is the same way. And I don't really love that people are speculating about whether or not how a miscarriage could play into her life especially because i think oh you can go uh i was just gonna say i think the song stands really well on its own as a beautiful song about loss and it can speak for itself Mm -hmm. and i don't think there's any need for people to speculate about why she could have wrote this song Mm -hmm. 
it's a it's a beautiful song also it's on my sleep playlist it's got a beautiful like the goodbye 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 part mm, is so beautiful so pretty. i can't really listen to it in any other context besides when i'm going to sleep because it's so fucking sad it's, yeah i was gonna it's say so sad. it's one of my favorites to listen to from like an artistic sound perspective but it's one that i listen to the least because it is just really sad and like it's like all my sad girl playlist which i only listen to when i'm like really in my feels um Mm -hmm. so i think in some ways i'm like it's kind of a shame that i don't listen to it more because i do think it's a really beautiful song but i think it's just really sad um yeah i mean it's it's beautifully written like the lyrics are so specific and so beautiful and i've seen people online who have experienced miscarriages saying that this song is really comforting to them made Mm -hmm. them feel less alone made them feel understood which i think is amazing so i think it really like you said it's a great song lyrically and melodically it's just got such a beautiful melody and she's singing so So softly oh it's so good but it's just it's just too sad Mm -hmm. i can't listen to it very much i would agree some people have thought that that when she says what could have been would have been what should have been you that she's directly referencing the song could have would have should have which is Interesting, because that's I what so, I saw someone saying, like, oh, is this in connection to, like, losing her old self with Dear, when she dated John Mayer? Because what it could have should have about John Mayer, but, mm-hmm. like, mm, I, I know just, that I just don't know. That doesn't really stand out to me, um, like, the, the losing her own self. It seems like it's a very external loss that she's very, that's, like, very intimate, but is not necessarily losing oneself. <clears throat> I think those types of griefs. Yeah historically i feel because i feel like in her discography she has alluded to or addressed to like a loss of sense of self and this doesn't really Mm -hmm. ring with what she's previously produced um so i don't really i don't really think that but i will say i did initially like when i heard the song and then i saw that would have could have should have was also a track i was like is there a connection there but I think and I think if these were both on the original like 13 list I would be like there's got to be some that she did this intentionally there's got to be some kind of linkage but I think because they're both 3 a.m tracks I was like you know what these this because all the 3 a.m tracks seem so distinct from one another and very much so like we were saying kind of they were like the second tier songs that she just was like, hey, these are pretty good, but not as good as like my original artistic set. I don't think they're connected because they're on the 3 a.m. edition um, and not on the original. Yeah. Yeah. Very valid. Because, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of these 3 a.m. tracks just kind of stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Don't really contribute to a different narrative. But I think this song serves as the sad song on the album that I rarely listen to because it's so sad. I <laughs> a lot of her recent albums have had songs like that. Yep. So. Yeah. I agree. But it's a great song. Um, and then it transit, which this is really funny to me that it transitions <laughs> what a transition. Um, directly into song sixteen, <laughs> Paris. Um, give me give me your thoughts on on Paris. 
Okay, you know what? I have thoughts on this song. Uh, and I don't know, they might surprise you. Listen, every single Taylor Swift album has had a no thoughts, head empty bop. And those bops are always controversial, like Stay, Stay, Stay on Red. A lot of people hate it. Gorgeous on Rep. A lot of people hate it. How You Get the Girl on 1989. A lot of people hate it. Paper Rings. So many people hate it. But listen, I'm a sucker for the heads empty bop. I love being able to just fucking bop and not care what the lyrics are saying. And this song does it for me. It really does. It's got a great beat. It's a bop. The lyric delivery is, the vocal delivery is really great. And there's some really, just like another one of those scratch the itch in my brain parts where stumble down, pretend alleyways. That's so satisfying to me. I love bopping to that line. I love this song. I hate the lyric about shade. I think it's so cringy. It gives the same energy as guess I'll just stumble on home to my cast from Gorgeous, which is another lyric I pretend doesn't exist because I love Gorgeous. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I love the song. I acknowledge that the lyrics are like giving nothing and that there's some cringe in it, but I think it's a fucking bop and I listen to it all the time. And that's what I have to say. What do you think about this song? Um, I would agree. I think the lyrics leave a lot to be desired. Um, <laughs> however, I too think that it's just like a bop. And the way she says Paris, that's what scratches like my brain itch or whatever. She, mm. Paris. Like she just sounds like when yeah. I listen to it, she is like smiling and really excited to be saying the word Paris she just sounds so happy um and so I it just it's like a song that kind of makes me smile um I would agree there's some some lyrics where I'm like all right we did it we we did what we did it's fine um yeah the song isn't winning any awards or like rocking any worlds for me but it is a song that I I like don't skip this song per se, um, but I don't seek it out. You know, oh, interesting. I'm not necessarily. I love gorgeous, gorgeous. I will put on. I want to listen to that. Yeah, this one I'm not quite there yet. I think it could grow into that, uh, especially if I get the lyrics memorized. But it, it's just not mm-hmm. quite there yet. I am at that point where I seek it out. I know all the words. I listen to it pretty much anytime I get in the car. I'm like, oh, what do I want to bop to while I drive? Paris. It's either Paris or Karma that I put on first. So I think um, I actually pulled up my Receiptify, which is this thing that connects to Spotify and it tells you what your top songs were for the last month. <laughs> and Paris was my top song, which is so embarrassing. <laughs> You're so trendy, Well. <laughs> But I I really like this song. And I think, I think like you said, there's nothing. I get nothing from the lyrics. But listenability-wise, it's it's really fun mm-hmm. to listen to. And I don't think, I mean, maybe I'll get tired of it eventually. But I'm not tired of it right now at this moment. And also, I just have to say, she's talking about cheap wine. And she talks about cheap she, wine several a times. A lot. This, this is her cheap and wine I just, album. And she is a fraud. No way. She is fake. No way. Why is she drinking cheap wine? She's going to be like. She could buy fucking Dom Perignon every night. I know. I know. Well, that's like what's so funny is the folklore was the Dom Perignon album, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. But 
I just, uh, in my mind. Does she like to cosplay as poor? Like, why is she drinking cheap wine? I know. Does she I like it? She just, do people like cheap wine? Here's the thing. I do think that she is in such a rejection of, like, celebrity culture that she has to be like, I'm drinking cheap wine on somebody's dirty apartment <laughs> floor. And it's like, okay, but you aren't. That's like, not, you're not. She's like, but right. I could be. Yeah. I think she wants she wants to have cheap wine vibes, but she's not a cheap she's not drinking cheap wine. And no. there's nothing wrong no, with no that, way. Taylor. If I could afford to not drink cheap wine, I I wouldn't. I don't even know what not cheap wine tastes like. Dead ass. <laughs> it's like five dollars from Trader Joe's or bust. Yeah. I just I wonder if she's ever stepped foot in a Trader Joe's. And bought their wine. Because I doubt it. I doubt it, too. So, that line just made me laugh. But, anyway, I still like yeah, the song. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um, <laughs> she can pretend to be poor. But that brings us to number 17. High infidelity. <sighs> I sigh like that because I have... No thoughts about this song. I do you have thoughts about this, this song? song? Is probably my biggest skip on the whole album. Yeah, and it's not bad because sometimes I listen to it. I'm like, you know, there's some good lyrics here. Like, there's something like, there's like some interesting things happening. I'm dying to know what happened on April 29th because of the tea. Mm-hmm. But it just, it just doesn't click. It doesn't hit. I. I don't dislike it. I don't dislike anything on this album, to be clear. Um, but I I usually am always, like, seeking out another song that I really like. So I'm, I'm going to skip this one to get something better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, this one's a skip for me. I do think the there's some tea in it because it's most likely about the same situation as Getaway Car. Yes. Which is a really fun uh, and, um, perspective. Yes. And some interesting tea that was found by a Swifty I follow named Zach, the Swiftologist on Twitter. He noticed that in 2016, in April of 2016, Taylor was photographed almost every day leaving her New York apartment. She was like out in front of the cameras all the time. April 28th, she was photographed. April 30th, she was photographed. She was not photographed on April 29th of 2016, which is just so much tea to me. <laughs> I just, she was, she was somewhere. She was sneaking around. She was getting and, into trouble and we'll never know what. Yeah. We'll never know. But she gave us a little, a, just a little taste of, of what might've gone down that night. I'd love to know, but I never will. So yeah, I do appreciate that this song gives us that, but I don't know. There's, it's like, there's no driving there's no like driving yeah. beat mm-hmm. in it like in Paris the stumble down pretend alleyways like I want to punch something while I sing that I want to hit my steering wheel but in this one there's nothing that like keeps it going it's like it just <laughs> it has potential because it comes in with that fun like beep 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 beep, beep, beep sound <laughs> i hope you're enjoying my, i am i am it's like jack antonoff i was gonna say it's like jack is here jack antonoff <laughs> to be clear not, not my guy not your husband no. jack yeah 
yeah so this this doesn't do much for me besides the tea that it provides it's a skip i would agree and speaking of skips the next track is track 18 glitch and this is another one that i have very few thoughts about but i want to know what you think about it i first listened this was one of my my top faves on the 3 a.m bonus tracks list Really? There's something, yes, and I will say I don't, at this point, after a few listens, it's not necessarily in that spot anymore, but it is one of my favorites from the 3AM. Um, I think there's just, like, something very sultry about it, and, like, it makes me want to, like, I don't know, like, do something. Slink. Yeah, slink with my body. Um, which is like, like when she just like sings, like there must have been a glitch. Like the way she does it just makes me want to like, like I don't know, move like a snake, but in a non weird way. Yeah. Um. And so I, I really enjoy the sound. Lyrically, I don't really remember any of them. But I do yeah, know, but I do I know like listening either. to it on the bus and I find myself kind of like swaying to it. Okay. Valid. It definitely is kind of a sultry sounding song, especially when she comes in and she's in her low yeah. range. We were supposed to be just friends. But, yeah. <laughs> to that effect. I don't know. For some reason it doesn't do much for me. She like she's got she's giving great vocal delivery, especially when she says glitch and it's in this like breathy voice. Mm-hmm. It's good. But I don't know. Maybe because there's no like driving force mm-hmm. again in this song, so it just and I don't love the lyrics. Five seconds later I'm fastening myself to you with a stitch. I know. I, I was like, that. I don't totally understand what that means, but in my mind, I, like, wrote it off as, like, this is some kind of computer lingo that I just don't know. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but I was like, Taylor is a tech genius. And in my mind, well. deadass, this is the stupidest thing I've ever said. No, it's not. I've said way stupid things. But this song, in my mind, is like a sexy Wreck-It Ralph. It's like... Oh, there's a glitch. I don't know. Now our video games are connected. Oh, my That's God. That's all I think of when I listen to the song, and it brings me a lot of joy. Wow. Wow. The Wreck-It Ralph of it mm-hmm. all. I'm going to think of that now, Good. too, every time I listen to You're it. welcome. That is funny. I will say, I skip this one less than I skip High Infidelity, but I I do find myself often skipping it the the it's been 2190 days of our love blackout i do love that because that's like a very precise number but i don't really know what story she's trying to tell in this song except that maybe like oh our relationship came about because of a glitch i guess it seems like it's interesting because i do think like within the context of mastermind it seems like she's leaning back into this like faded narrative again of like we were just mm-hmm. like we weren't it's like a combination of the fate thing and the infidelity thing of like we were never meant to like connect cross paths 
get on this relationship, but fate played a role and like that counteracted the infidelity component. I don't know. I, I agree. It doesn't tell an incredible story, obviously, if we can't figure out what the story is. <laughs> um, but I do, I do enjoy listening. Honestly, once again, zooming out, big picture, big brain moment here. This entire album is like a video game album to me. There's so many like video game sounds in this album. I think it's just the like nature of the production style that she chose. I don't think she's like trying to do some subliminal video game messaging. I'm just saying I feel like I could apply Wreck-It Ralph to every song. Honestly, it is a very bleep bloop album. Mm -hmm. So fair. Thank you. Valid. Thank you. Well. There's some tea in our next track, track 19. I think this is the biggest standout of all of the. I would agree. 3 I would agree. For me. Would have, could have. Would have, could have, should have. Um, <sighs> I'm obsessed with this. The song, song is. Yeah. Did you see on Twitter when I sent you that TikTok where somebody put. Oh, the vocals haunted? of this song to the instrumentals of Haunted. Yes. Oh my god. I was like, oh wait, I sent that... you I sent you on Twitter today. Let me see. What did they it's um it's not the instrumentals, but what song did they choose? I don't remember. Gosh, maybe I didn't did I not send it to you? Listen, I'm out here struggling. Yeah, no, I don't Oh my see gosh, why didn't me. I send it? Who did I send it to? They overlaid, um, I think they, they overlaid Antihero on the Out of the Woods um, music video. Ooh. Oh, I it's saw incredible. that. Not from you, but I saw it. Maybe that. that's why I didn't send yeah. it to you, because maybe I went to and I was like, ah, oh, this is popping up because Riley liked it. Yeah, that could be, because I saw that and was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I was obsessed yeah. with that. Um, but yes, let's, I love this song. I feel like the more I listen to it, the more I like get from it. I love the religious imagery. I love how it just picks up pace and it feels very much so kind of like on the same vein as Haunted where it like reaches that point. I'm sure there's like a musical term. I don't know what it is, but suddenly it's like we're in a full on rock song and we are like, I'm like banging my head mm-hmm. to it. Um, and she sings so fast and I just feel so aggressive. And when she has her line about her girlhood, I'm like, Oh, oh. that, yeah. The bridge on this song. Ooh, it, it goes off. It goes all the way the fuck mm-hmm. off. Like, no other bridge on this album. Yeah. So, yeah. I sweat every time I listen to this bridge. <laughs> like, these... God, rest my soul. I missed who I used to be. The tomb won't close. Stained glass windows in my mind. I regret you all the time. I can't let this go. I fight with you in my sleep. The wound won't close. I keep waiting for a sign. I regret you all the time. Come on! You know what? She's insane. If only we, this album came out when we were in high school and I could have competed an interpretive reading with this. Would have killed. (laughs) Would have absolutely murdered the competition. 
that's so funny because back in the day i wanted to do an ir of dear john so bad what like, you so should have done and... it yo maybe we should just do but I irs for ourselves <laughs> our own little um interpretive reading mm-hmm. session if you've never been in debate ir is, is interpretive, interpretive reading. reading it's an event where you read something interpretively but it's not active just to be clear that was a different category. yeah you don't get to gesticulate yeah you don't get to move or gesticulate you just have to read it's like honestly it's really, really weird, weird. i think it's supposed to be like uh, for like speeches and stuff but we took it in a different direction not the point so not the point yeah um no but yeah this but this song goes the song slaps and i think i just cannot believe that she came out with this in 2022 i thought she was never gonna address john mayer ever ever again well and so and she came at it this part what's so interesting <sighs> is that i do think that when you read through the lyrics of this song there's like definitely this element of like fairly significant trauma and like potentially ptsd from the relationship like the tomb won't close i think is really like i fight with you in my sleep the wound won't close i regret you all the time i think just really sounds to me like someone who has like really been traumatized by a relationship and just can't escape it not in their dreams not in the daytime um and then like I wonder if there's like an element of, cause like it is so religious, like the imagery is very religious, but it's also very religious in relation to death. And it's like, oh God, rest mm-hmm. my soul. I'm in a tomb, um, fighting in her sleep, like all this stuff. And so I do think it's like, it's interesting cause I feel like she'll regret it till she dies. And I wonder if there's, like, yeah. a part of her that did die with it. And there's, like, some kind of death message. Yeah. I mean, I think she makes that pretty clear with Give Me Back My Girlhood. It was mine first. Like, something was taking a- taken away from her mm-hmm. with this relationship. And, she- and the fact that of all of the relationships that she's been through and written about this is the one she regrets all the time so many years later it's mm-hmm. wow it's powerful this is a powerful song mm-hmm. and every single lyric is a zinger like every there's not a single throwaway lyric in this song i know on a promising grown man i know uh, which is interesting I, because promising yeah. grown man is like the complete is like an interesting play maybe not intentionally but um it's like it's interesting to think about it as a playoff of promising young woman yeah totally yeah i think because she was you know a promising young woman back then but he was i just this isn't really related, but this just makes me think about the context of their relationship and how he was so much older than her. And she was in a time in her career when she was really seeking validation validation from big people in the industry who were respected as real musicians Mm -hmm. because she was seen as like a teen artist who writes about fairy tales. And she was on the Speak Now tour or the Fearless tour, you know, with her castle singing love story while, which like, oh, I can't believe she was in that stage of her life dating 
and this 32 year old man dated her that's disgusting Mm -hmm. but i think that is why it part of why it probably hurt so bad because he didn't give her that respect and she wanted it so bad and she never got it and to this day he still like doesn't acknowledge her acknowledge his mistake and just yeah and when when she did release dear john he came out and said he thought it was unfair and tried to make her look like the bad guy and so to this day it just i can understand why it like lingers with her that way Mm -hmm. because that's what abusive relationships do Yeah. yeah oh it's it's rough it I will say, when I heard this overlaid over Haunted, it did something for me in a way that the original song doesn't. Mm. Maybe I just feel like I wish that there was a little bit more in the production, like driving it, because the lyrics do drive it. It does build really nicely. Mm-hmm. But I, I will when when it was on top of all those strings, I was like, damn. Yeah, because I... I like this better. I think it's interesting um, that you say that because I will, like, the first time I listened to it, my first impulse was like, oh, I want to skip it. Because it's not till you get, like, a third, maybe halfway through the song that it really starts to, like, capture you and you're, like, in it. The the very, like, a decent chunk of the beginning is, like, a little... It's not a snooze. It just doesn't capture me in any interesting way. Versus like anti-hero, it's like first line. I'm in it. I'm like, oh, what a, what's happening? Kind of thing. Um, and mm-hmm. this one, I love the end. Like I love it when it finishes, but I kind of want to skip forward at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do love the end. Like that third the third verse into the final chorus is just like a god tier part of the song. If clarity's in death, then why won't this die? Oh my god. Oh. And then when she ends it, I wish you'd left me wondering. Like that's uh that really she really did that. She really did that. And if anyone listening is like listening way in the future and doesn't know where to find this uh, this remix with Haunted that I keep talking about, I just wanted to like shout this TikToker out because he made this and it's incredible. His TikTok is D-S-H Murdoch, spelled M-U-R-D-O-C-H. He's on TikTok and he makes remixes and I believe he has this pinned. So you should look it up and listen to it right now. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like sweating talking about that song. <laughs> <laughs> I will say you did you did so take off your uh, flannel for this to discuss this song. I did kind of entertaining to me. I did, and then I got cold, so I put it back on. <laughs> well, from this song, we move into a much slower pace yes. again with "Dear Reader" track twenty, which is an interesting final track. Mm-hmm. What do you think about "Dear Reader"? Do you like it? Um. I I think I do. I didn't leave it didn't leave any impressions for a long time. Um very okay. similar to Paris infidelity high infidelity kind of a similar spot for those ones of where I just didn't just didn't 
leave I didn't have much thought um I have more thoughts now I've re-listened to it a few times I generally tend to gravitate towards a slower song like generally that's my taste so I do think that's why I listened to this one a few more times I think the lyrics are really interesting to me in this one it's interesting because this more so than some of the other songs in the album. Ten, Taylor Swift tends to be much more of like a storyteller where her songs are meant to convey some kind of story or allude to a story that we all already know. Um, and this one is less story-esque and much more like... I don't know. I mean, she, it's like, it's almost conversational. Like she's talking to us. Um, yeah. Which I think is kind of a different mode for her. I think that's maybe why it's not quite as interesting TBH, but I do think if I think about this song as the last song on this album and as a conversation to her fans or like a letter to her fans, so to speak, it's like, what is she trying to convey in her final words on this album? And I think in that kind mm-hmm. of mindset, it's really interesting um, what she's saying. Because she's, I mean, she's essentially giving advice. It's like what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, if she wrote an advice column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in that sense, I find it pretty interesting. I don't think it's the most interesting song to listen to um no but the lyrics intrigue me I agree I think I find myself skipping it even though the lyrics are pretty good honestly just because it's like pretty boring to listen to it's pretty just like kind of slow and repetitive and nothing is driving it and the only part that like I actually do enjoy quite a bit is the bridge because uh, it speeds up a little bit. So I wander through these nights. I prefer hiding in plain sight. My fortune game, my hand. Like, that part is pretty good. But I think it's really a compelling uh, concept of, like, addressing herself as an unreliable narrator. Ooh. Saying never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Were you in uh, I AP think Lit? Did you read The Great Gatsby? Was I? Did I write my AP Lit essays about that and get a five? <gasps> Who hmm. is she? <laughs> was that 10 years ago? It sure was. Yes. I do. I just think it's so interesting that she's acknowledging that a lot of her songs essentially give advice or become kind of diary entries for people who listen and it's coming from someone who's often, more often than not falling apart. Mm. And and so she says, if it feels like a trap, you're already in one. Burn all the files. Desert all your past lives. I don't know. I The first verse is a little bit weird to me. But the, the second verse, I mean, she's, she's given some good advice. What it's, it's, uh, you don't have to answer just because they asked you? It's really interesting, actually, that you point that out. That this idea of her as an unreliable narrator and she is giving advice about how to like not take her advice 
you know? <laughs> yeah, it's contradictory. Mm-hmm. But in a way that doesn't, it doesn't feel contradictory. Like, I feel like I understand what she's saying and what she's trying to convey, even though the logic, if I think on it, like, really hard, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that contrast and just, like, the lyrics being interesting in general is why, even though I do skip this song because it's boring to listen to, I don't dislike it. I do feel like I actively like this song, but I just don't listen mm-hmm. to it that much because, I don't know, maybe she needs to remix it or or maybe if she played it acoustically, I would I love think it. A remix could be really fun, actually, now that you say that. Yeah. Because also the when she says never take advice from someone who's falling apart and she does all that weird bleep bloop stuff with her voice. I'm kind of like, okay, we don't, we don't need that. Like, I just want to hear her. There were, I will say on this album as a whole, and I think she was just trying some, you know, more power to her, but but there are definitely some areas where we have heavy beep bloop energy and like heavy auto tune where I just, I just don't think it's doing anything that you know it's not Mm -hmm. bad per se it just feels like crowded noise and I do think that sometimes her best songs are ones where they're a little bit more like a like not acoustic but the production is simpler and it allows the lyrics to sort of take center stage and it's interesting because it seems like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like she's trying to like overshadow her. Like, like for her, it's like her greatest talent is in the lyrics, but she wants the sound to be the greatest. And it's, so then it's like a mm-hmm. weird, there's like weird tension there. Yeah. I see. I know what you mean. Cause I do feel like a lot of her music often <laughs> often sounds better when it's stripped down yeah. like cornelia street was a song i never liked until i heard what it. that's a that's a controversial take yeah that's some tea okay before we go i really quickly just need to acknowledge the song hits different which is from the target yeah. edition that i illegally downloaded i need to send it to you because it slaps please and do. once it's on spotify People are going to be going crazy for it because it hits different. It slaps. It definitely (laughs) hits different. It's got an insane bridge. Let me just read you some of these lyrics from the bridge. Uh, Oh my gosh. It's such a long bridge. I find the artifacts cried over a hat, curse the space that I needed. I trace the evidence, make it make some sense why the wound is still bleeding. You were the one that I love. Don't need another metaphor. It's simple enough. A, crink- a wrinkle in time like the crease by your eyes. Yeah. This is why they shouldn't kill off the main guy. Dreams of your hair and your stare and your sense of belief. In the good in the world, you once believed in me. And I felt you and I held you for a while. Bet I could still melt your world. Argumentative, antithetical dream girl. <gasps> okay. What? what? Like, she goes off. She goes all the way off in this bridge. You need to listen to it. It's super fast. It's a really upbeat song. Well, it's gotta be fast. And she so just goes all the way off. It's got so many lyrics. And in the chorus, she she starts off, Oh my, love is a lie. Shit my friends say to get me by. It's so, like I sing it in my car. This is one that I listen to a lot in the car because it's just so 
good. So I really want them to put this on Spotify instantly because it slaps. And I think a lot of people are going to love it. There's this other line where she's talking about uh, freedom felt like summer on the coast. Now the sun burns my heart and the sand hurts my feelings. That's how she says it. And it's, it's so good. Oh, I, yeah, I need you to listen wow. to it and tell me what you think. But I just had to acknowledge it because if I was listening to someone talk about folklore and they didn't talk about the lakes, I'd be offended. Same. Because that's like, that's my favorite song. So this is, I'm for sure, someone's favorite song and I just need to mention it because it will be on Spotify one day. She's just going to make us wait. So she hates me. And I'm poor. She wants us to shop at Target. I know. Yeah. I bet that's where she's getting all of her cheap <laughs> wine. It's at Target. Maybe. Maybe. Just to keep up the uh, affiliation that she has mm-hmm. with them. I bet Taylor Swift's never stepped in a Target. <laughs> I know she has because she always... For, like, promos. Back in the day, she would, like... She'd go and buy her Fine. albums at midnight yeah. when they went on the shelves, but that's it. I don't think she does that now. She doesn't need to buy her albums. Her fans do it for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there's our, our midnight's thoughts. Honestly, we were going to rank them, but that sounds like too much work. That sounds like a lot our of rankings will change. energy. And it, yeah. it's interesting because her stuff always yeah. changes so much for me. Like my, my top. Same. Really, really switch around. Same. I agree. I I do that little song sort of thing I sent you every now and then, and every time it's different. You do that so. multiple times? That thing takes... So like, long. once a year. Wow. Yeah, it takes forever. But it's just interesting for me to see how things change, especially once Folklore and Evermore came in. Like, those really, those really rocked my world and changed up. Because I think, like... Four of my top five songs are from folklore. I believe that 110. So. <laughs> percent I think the lakes is the is the best song not. she's ever done. Yeah, yeah, that's tea, and that's yep. that and that's, on that. Yep, that's that on that. And on that note, and on that note, goodbye, Swifties. We'll talk to you next Bye. week about something else to be determined. T B D. Bye. Bye.